depressed teenagers, murderous biomechs, neglectful adults, and more religious iconography than the Vatican. We had Casey watching on Genesis Evangelion, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment. We sure missed you. I'm your host, producer, Weeb of All Trades, and suicidal boy with daddy issues, PJ. And I'm the sickest angel out of the whole series from episode one, Skylar. And with us, as always, is our Sundere redhead, positive they're better than you, Casey. And I'm the dreary Nintendo-playing evangelical who's back, back, back again, Casey. Guys, welcome back. I've missed recording with you. Oh, God, me too. Same. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm really disappointed that we missed all of February and all our shoujo. Thanks, COVID. But COVID strikes again. What an episode to come back on. I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about what anime we're doing this week. This week, we are watching the all-time classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. For a long time, uh, for your knowledge, Casey, Neon Genesis Evangelion was almost synonymous with anime. So it seems really fitting for it to be the anime that we kick off our classics month with. Yeah, I've even heard of this anime. Can you believe? I can. Again, it's I think one of like the biggest anime culturally outside of like, you know, like the big three. The big three being DuckTales, uh, Emperor's New Groove, the animated series, and um, Teacher's Pet. Uh, the big three, yes. The big Those three. Are the big three. <laughs> Where did you first hear about this anime? I think I have seen merchandise, like when I go to like nerdier stores, um, <laughs> or you know, there, and there's like people like not recently, but like in earlier jobs I've had where they've talked about this particular thing, and I have no idea, so I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what that we <laughs> miss me Whatever, with that weep shit. <laughs> So not only is this your like first classic, but it also is your first Gundam. Ooh, I'm so excited. My Gundam cherry's been popped. Are we going to be able to get Psy uh, S- to remake his song Gangnam Style and make Gundam Style for this anime and all other future Gundam animes? Wow, what a parody. Yes. Opa Gundam Style. It's me, I'm Psy. <laughs> is that Psy on this? It's wow. me. I'm a mother, father, gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> we really spared no expense for this return episode, everyone. Psy is here. I'm here for the return episode of Kawaii Disappointment. <laughs> Opa Gundam Style. Sai would show up for this i don't think he's doing too much right now he'd show up for this podcast oh god uh yeah i mean i haven't seen Uh, i'm sorry Sai. i'm pretty sure you have plenty of things to do you're a very important busy man please don't ostracize and we're an important podcast that he'd be more than lucky to be performing on yeah it's true watch we say that and like Sai's actually doing some bad shit like he's probably at the capitol on the sixth Stop <laughs> it, weirdly, Casey. Just weirdly size of what? Wouldn't that be you know such what? a weird let's like move story? On. <laughs> uh, so, like, let's talk about what you think. You know, it's an interesting name, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Very biblical themes in that name. What do you think this anime is going to be about? Yes, someone could go that way with it. I, <laughs> I thought based on the title, I thought it, it made me think of like um, it was like a Sega Genesis game. And on that topic, do y'all remember the Batman Forever Sega Genesis game? Or is that too niche? No, I remember it. I I grew up with neighbors who were like in a super religious household. Uh, and so like I had like my N64 and PS1, but like their parents were like, fine, you can have video games and bought them like a Sega with, you know, like in a cardboard box with like 25 games. 
and that was like the only video games they owned. But I played all 25 of those video games with them. And one of those was that game. Oh my gosh. So what you're saying is super religious people love Sega Genesis. So that's how we tie it all back in together. Yeah, exactly. Because you know how I was saying it's religious themes, Sega Genesis, <laughs> Batman, it all ties in. Oh my God. I wanted to play that Batman game so much. It's weird because we just had this conversation like a week ago, but PJ couldn't relate because I think he's too young. Casey, do you remember Sega stores? Yes, I do. God, I have Ugh. such a vivid Hashtag memory of old. going to, to like... Be, to be clear, I don't think it's a youth or age thing. I think it's a privilege oh. thing. Oh. I lived in the ghetto ghetto growing up we oh didn't have gosh. no Sega stores there pj at I, this I've time i was in san bernardino which was a meth desert how dare you san bernardino does not even compare to east la during this time period oh, all right yeah, everyone I'm sorry. it's a east privilege LA had crack not meth <laughs> god i've missed this podcast crack versus <laughs> meth day one <laughs> yeah so by the way and on this title also um when I found out we were doing this, I realized I cannot say Evangelion. It took me like a lot of pra- practices for me to just say it right now. I keep wanting to say Evangelion. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> that sounds like a drag queen. Evangelion. No, yeah. And so then I was thinking about, I'm like, Miss why do Vangelion. I want to say like that? <laughs> Yeah. I was like, pl- pl- please welcome to the stage, Miss Linda Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, my boyfriend was like, "Do you mean Evangelion?" See, I can't, still, I still can't say it. You're doing a great job, sweetie. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank I you. We out here you. trying. Okay, so we actually didn't get into what your prediction is yet. <laughs> oh yeah, Oops. I'll go into the poster. You just mentioned Sega Genesis, and we went off on a tangent. <laughs> it's okay. More will come to light in my poster reading. So your prediction is Sega Genesis. End of prediction. <laughs> it's Sega Genesis with Linda Evangelista. <laughs> There you go. All right, so let's talk about our poster then. Let's start in a weird order. Let's start at the 2 o'clock position on our poster. Clock, you know, as we always go with clocks on these posters. I don't know why, because Casey, like, cannot master the clock. Can't speak, don't know clocks. How does he even functioning? (laughs) Don't know just what you're saying. (laughs) I mean, truly. Uh, So let's start at the 2 o'clock position. So right from top center uh, with this girl with light blue hair. So the girl on the far right looks she has goat ears, which as we go on the poster, there's a girl in red that we're going to touch on in a second. And I don't mean that in a creepy way. I mean, like, not metaphorically touch on. She's <laughs> physically touch on. Oh, God. Here we canceled already. Uh, canceled already. First episode back, already canceled. <laughs> the girl on the far right, she looks like she has goat ears, which doesn't look as seamless as the girl in the red. The girl, the girl in the red, she looks cool. But this girl looks like she grabbed some like knockoff animal ears from outside an Ariana Grande concert. I do think she's got that vibe. Like she just like picked up those ears outside because she didn't want to pay full price for those like cat ears or whatever the hell Ariana Grande wears. And um, she's not rocking. You know, those goat ears that Ariana Grande wears. Because they're knockoff. She can't get the cat ones. She's got to buy the goat (laughs) ones. She can't get cats. It's all goat. She's She's outside Staples. She picked up a bacon wrapped hot dog and she grabbed those ears. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good right now. I know. I miss I society. Won't. I also want a Costco dog. Same. Oh, God. Um, so you've mentioned her already. Let's move on to our redhead. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So she's giving me like I don't know if you guys feel this. She's giving me major Barbara Gordon vibes, like Barbara Gordon Batgirl vibes. 
Ooh. Um, right? Okay. Isn't that fun? Uh, <laughs> don't you guys Isn't love that? that? Fun. You guys like <laughs> you guys like fruit snacks? <laughs> like very that energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's giving Barbara Gordon vibes. Like the little gold plate on her uh, chest. I literally was like, is that like a bat signal? Maybe I'm just like wanting to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> like and I you know it's because it. you're also p- wanting to play as Barbara Gordon in Batman Returns on the Sega Genesis. I'll, I would <laughs> at anything. Oh my gosh, God, those '90s Batman movies are really something. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: PJ has a patch of hair on his chest that looks exactly like that symbol on her armor. He's it Batgirl, does, actually. <laughs> kind of does look like a bat symbol because it's just like what i'm not a hairy man in the slightest which is especially interesting considering like my heritage Mm -hmm. but i do have very little chest hair all i do have is like a little bat symbol on my chest (laughs) you guys that's how you become batman if you don't have a bat hair on your chest then in the shape of a bat i mean fake fan (laughs) fake fan exactly not real fake fan all all quiet disappointment fans should shave their chest hair if they have it (laughs) into a bat symbol in honor of me yes i'll do it hey go on instagram take a picture tag us (laughs) (laughs) it's a batman chest hair challenge (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's gonna be great i love that for you so i love this barbara gordon moment why don't you tell me about this older man with the chin strap beard oh yeah do you mean neo from the matrix (laughs) like i i have that's where you're taking it apparently i do yeah okay well here's the thing you think it you like from far away you're like is that Neo from the Matrix but then you get closer and it's actually Terry from Cinderella story who dressed up as Neo at the Halloween dance to try to get Hillary Duff. Honestly, a much closer visual accuracy. Right? I disagree. <laughs> and then he went to do the Big Bang Theory after that and become Howard. That's what he did after that. None of these people <laughs> have beards. None of them have chin strap beards. Yes, that is not um, where I was going with that, but good observation, Skylar. <laughs> Casey's like, it's about or the amber vibe, glasses, okay? like at all, like. Oh my god! And, well, also, and none Barbara of these Gordon people are animated characters. <laughs> you need to get off your high horse, lady. Yeah, I know, Jesus. You and your high <laughs> horse. Ooh, uh, I want to be Casey horse. Musgraves. No, huh. Casey Musgraves is telling you to get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. You're, You're Casey Musgraves' song, enemy. Right. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> what about this woman with uh, deep blue kind of hair? Okay, now, can I like, can I just ask you guys before I say this, what do you think I'm going to say? I have no idea. She's a villain. Got- Thank you, Skylar. Yes. <laughs> I said- Oh, see? I didn't register her hair as purple at all. Mm-hmm. I was like deep blue. So that's why I didn't even think that that's where you were going to go with she it. She was close enough. I even If not, I said- I literally wrote down, this cisgendered purple-haired person is obviously evil. We all know that because th- it's got that ancient, fabulous-looking evil color. <laughs> so regal. So this is our so villain, whether main or not, just one of, the, one of the villains of the series. Then why don't you tell me about the blonde woman in a lab coat behind her? I loved her guest appearance on the 90s classic ER. She wasn't a series regular, but she made a pass at Noah Wiley before settling for George Clooney and just being his seasonal love interest. Honestly, yeah, she fits that vibe. Right. 100%. I mean, you know, the show is from like the (laughs) late 90s. Right. That hair mixed with that earring, that's a 90s ER doctor that slept with George Clooney. That's her. (laughs) So, I mean, she did win that Daytime Emmy for Best Supporting Actress. So that was really nice for her. Yeah, for sure. 
Absolutely. Uh, and finally, let's move on to this boy in what looks to be some sort of battle station. And if you want to include it, the machine or monster behind him. I said, lastly, there's a child who I want to believe is evil, but is likely the hero who is using some sort of Power <laughs> Rangers like Zord to defeat the monster behind him. It's a very strong prediction. Casey. <laughs> I'm saying like, I mean, what else could it be? He also I mean, kind of does look other like... things it could be, but you're 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 very close to hitting the nail on the head. Yes. And I don't know what the monster is beside him. It looks like a plasmus from a Teen Titans a little bit from oh, a I distance. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he also kind of looks like the kid, like what he's in, it kind of looks like that uh, Professor Xavier chair. Like, if you know, I that's what it kind of oh, looks like. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I forget what it's called, but it's like the one that lets him see into everyone's minds all over the world. Mm-hmm. Someone who's rarely seen X-Men's like, do you mean a wheelchair, you guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like, it's not Maximo, but it's something like that. (laughs) It's an ECV. All right. Well, with all of that said, I'm excited to watch the first two episodes of this with you. Yeah. Again, it is really like a classic. So that might mean that it's got these themes and all these things that are going to be exciting to you, or it's going to feel really dated. And we'll see which one it is. I'm excited to dive into this with you. Me too. Yes. Can't wait. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and watch episodes one and two. We strongly implore you do as well. And we'll be right back. All right, so we're back. We just had Casey watch episodes one and two of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Casey, what did you think? Oh my gosh. Uh, what a cinematic masterpiece. Like, like truly. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, I felt like um, this is such a weird, like, reference to another anime. <laughs> but, like, did you guys ever see Pokemon, the first movie in theaters? I saw it yes. in theaters. Yes. I don't know what took me there, but watching that, like, I guess an anime style, like an anime, I guess, on that production level made me feel like I was watching Pokemon in theaters. I know. It's a very fair comparison. You know, the budgets for like anime movies are usually a lot higher than anime series, obviously, because they get to condense it. And especially these first two episodes, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, like really knocks it out of the park, like really reeling you in. Oh, yeah. Literally half my notes on my phone are is just me like, wow, the visualization, gorgeous, perfect, love it. Exactly. So it's it's overwhelming in a good way. Like it just really like you're like it pulls you in, you know? It's great. Yeah, no, I I really enjoy it. Let's take care of some housekeeping real quick before we get into what we thought of the episodes. Uh, so Neon Genesis Evangelion was not based on a manga. It was written to be an anime straight off the bat. I love that. Yeah, you know, this was at a time when anime was still trying to find its place. And there was obviously a lot of series that were being based on manga. You know, Dragon Ball had already been for, around for some time. Sailor Moon had lots of series, but... This was really like a dive into trying to sell, tell something more cinematic that didn't come from, you know, like the funny books. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was written and directed by Hideako Ano, and it was produced by Tatsunako for TV Tokyo. The series ran from October 1995 to March 1996 with 26 episodes in the series. After the series ended in 1997, two films were released, uh, the first one being called Death and Rebirth that came out in March and The End of Evangelion, which came out later on in the year. The series of these two movies being known as Revival of Evangelion. 
starting in 2007, a series of films essentially serving as like a remake of the series with updated visuals and story started releasing. This series is known as Rebuild of Evangelion, and they have very interesting names. The first one is called 1.0, You Are Not Alone, and that released in 2007. The second one is 2.0, You Cannot Advance, which came out in 2009. And 3.0, You Cannot Redo, which released in 2012, with the final installment, which was slated to release last year but was delayed due to the pandemic, and now we are in a TBA state with it, being called 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. Whoa, that was intense. (laughs) Oh my god, that's like on Disney Plus where they've got the high school musical, the musical, the series, the musical, high school, (laughs) like something like that. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) <laughs> and because of that series, we have one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, some, something had to give. Someone had to make something out of that. <laughs> I have a serious question. As a fa- as someone who's just embr- like enjoyed this anime, are the m- modern movies that they've done, or at least a little sooner than, you know, more recent movies, are they of the same production value? Like, as the anime? I, so I actually haven't watched any of the films. But obviously the whole point of them is to kind of make them, you know, bring them into, like, the modern age of animation. Mm-hmm. So And, you know, they're actually films. So they'll take, like, episodes one through, you know, whatever, like, nine or ten. I'm not positive what the breakdown is. And they condense that into one movie. So you get rid of a lot of, like, you know, filler and even stuff that's just, like, maybe, like, nice to have in the series but not necessary. Sailor Moon Crystal. And make that into one movie. Sailor Moon Crystal, but uneven. You know, it's more like the Sailor Moon Crystal movie, which is basically condensing an entire season into one movie. It's closer to that. Please don't break I my thought you were heart, gonna... PJ. You know I haven't seen it yet, and I want to see it so bad. <laughs> oh my Why god! Was that... I was just talking about it. You brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not the movie. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Sailor Moon Crystal Meth for some reason. <laughs> I really thought that's where hey. it was going. Which that's what I'm gonna start selling Crystal Meth. At. <laughs> oh my god! It's the after school special with Sailor Moon. Hey. <laughs> oh, Casey, there is like legitimately. And I guess we'll do this at some point, maybe during uh, one of our later months. Uh, But there is a like drug PSA video done by like an American production company called Four Kids Entertainment. And it is a drug PSA series done by like, hey, Yu-Gi-Oh's telling you not to do drugs, kids. (laughs) He like someone's about to like do heroin or something like that. And he throws a card to like knock the needle out of their hand. (laughs) (laughs) You've activate my trap card. My narcotics anonymous. I was gonna say my trap card rehab. It's time to do 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 duel for your soul. Do you want to be homeless? No. Is there any? uh, I can't find out what the joke is, but there's got to be a joke in like the trap card and the fact that drugs are made in a trap house. There's something there. There's something there. You know what? If you build it, they will come or something like that. (laughs) Wow. Great. Field of dreams. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So to get into it, I just want to kind of run through super duper quick kind of what happens in these episodes so we can just kind of like run free with what we're going to talk about. Right. So the first episode really throws us in like head first. Uh, the basic beats are Shinji is picked up by Misato to head to Nerve, where his estranged dad has invented Avamex and he wants Shinji to pilot one with their main pilot, Ray out of commission as an angel launches a full-scale attack. In the second episode, after a lot of convincing, Shinji finally pilots the Ava against the angel and we cut to the following day as Misato becomes his legal guardian and Shinji eventually remembers the amazing kaiju-style battle with sick background music. Yes, oh, the music. Fantastic. The music in this show is 
is so good. Like just like the fight music, just like the, I mean, every every bit of music in the show is just chef's kiss. And yeah. again, like this won't be the the last time I talk about the visualizations, but like anytime he's in the Ava and like something intense is happening, there's just like this red galaxy print like that's happening like in an overlay. Ugh, gorgeous. I thought of your guys' dog Eva when they said the thing was in Ava. <laughs> the Ava. Uh, <laughs> Ava Eva. The 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 design of the angel. Can we just talk about that real quick? The design of the angel is so cool. So cool. It's also a trap. You've activated oh. my angel card. <laughs> oh, I agree. Uh so for your knowledge, Casey, all of the so like Obviously, you'll learn more as the series goes along if you choose to continue watching it. But essentially, they're kind of constantly under attack by this alien species known as the angels, right? But they don't all look this cool. This is the coolest looking one. It never gets cooler than this. And it's a little sad. Yeah, I was going to say, PJ and I first watched this and we're like, wow, that's hella sick. So cool. Wonderful. And then um, the rest of the episodes, we're like, oh, okay. That's what this thing... I mean, and don't get me wrong. There are some that are actually really cool, especially like the amphibious yeah, ones. Yeah, I was going to say, ability-wise, too. Like, none of them are as cool design-wise as this like weirdo thing that will forever live in infamy throughout the you world. You know what? Mm. They, uh, I wonder if the creator of Bleach took like inspiration from that for Hollows. Oh, I could totally see that, 100%. I mean, this is one of the most influential anime of all time. Like, Guillermo del Toro says it's his favorite anime, Neon Genesis. And I mean, that you can clearly see the influence if you watch Pacific Rim. It is a Neon Genesis Evangelion movie. Yeah, to the 100%. T. Fun fact, did you guys know that Jojo Siwa's favorite anime is Neon Genesis Evangelion? Is it actually? No, I made that up. I wanted to see if you guys would believe oh, me. I was excited. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, Jojo Siwa, what a reach out. About Tell her. us if that's true. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what else? I just love the design of the Ava. Uh yeah. yeah. It is Specifically, so cool. uh Shinji's Ava. I was gonna say, yeah, Ava one. So like as the series progresses, there's more Avas. Obviously Ray, the one who you see like super injured from her previous encounter. She's Ava Zero. The redhead uh that you saw in the poster, she has Ava two, and later on we get a pilot for Ava three, and there's some gay stuff. <laughs> Finally. I sent some gay stuff. Um, I just didn't know where it was going to show up. <laughs> yeah, Shinji's kind of bi. We love king. Mm. And there's the other pilot when he eventually comes in. There's I only say this because I need our listeners to know this. It's a little bit of a spoiler. But there is like a connection between Shinji and the other boy pilot. But if you watch it on Netflix, like... It's bad because they kept the original subtitles and the original subtitles were like Americans in 1996 being like, they can't be gay. Um, so they like they kind cousins. of like be like, you know, they're they're not cousins. Mm. Shout out. They're not cousins podcast as always. But mm. like they are hella into each other. Like every historian. <laughs> They live together. They must have been best friends. Freaking Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and his bodyguard. They slept in the same bed and told each other all their secrets and spent all their time together because they were such good best friends. <laughs> and they were roommates. <laughs> and they were roommates. <laughs> so I'm just going to, I mean, I, I've talked about uh, the design enough. Uh, I'm just going to open the floor to you guys. Is there any moments that really stood out to you in these two episodes that you want to discuss? Yes, I'd like to begin, and I'll pass it on to Skylar. We can all go back and forth a little bit. Um, I'd like to start by talking about how this deadbeat dad is like hella judgy. One of the worst dads in anime. Truly. Like, he has 100% abandoned his son, only calls him back because he's like, you to can sacrifice the him. I haven't seen you in three years. Here, come pilot this mech for me. And after you've succeeded, I'm again done with you. And one of my employees is going to have to become your legal guardian. 
<laughs> yes, for real. He is garbage. Although the way you describe that right now, that's like me with my Uber drivers. <laughs> oh my god! But, yeah, but like you didn't birth your Uber drivers, <laughs> or did I? Stay tuned. Oh my just god, kidding. Casey's given birth to the every reveal. Uber driver. The Uber drivers are just his brood. They're brooder drivers. <laughs> They're brooder drivers. <laughs> oh my god! By the way. <laughs> on that on that climactic end let me move that too i was annoyed that the first episode like i was almost so mad at this up ep- like i thought like at the end of the first episode you know they leave it where he's like fighting the angel uh with the ava and like he gets knocked out or whatever and like it's the big cliffhanger and like the second episode it begins with like he's like in a hospital room or whatever i was like no they did not just do me like that they did not yeah. just do me i was about it's to like, throw wait, things wait i needed to see that fight what happened and i mean luckily we get it later on in you the episode you gotta appreciate like the storytelling because like oh so good. like you're like oh like it compels you to watch the rest of the episode right Mm-hmm. It's true. No, it's it's completely well done. I also, I, I mean, to talk about the storytelling, I really love the way it's paced because, like, there's this, like, full-scale, like, kaiju demon, like, attacking the city. And the entire time, like, Shinji's just, like, at a payphone. And then, like, Misato rolls up in her car. Like, it's it's such a dichotomy in the way that the story is told. And even when they're affected by it, it's so minimal. Like, they're like, yeah, we're just going to flip the car and it's keep going. It's just something like, we're used to. Honestly, PJ, I'm, I'm yeah. happy you brought this up. And this is something that I pretentiously have, like, brought up in, like, horror movie film analysis papers. Where it's just, it's really interesting because a lot of American, like, apocalypse movies are very like wasteland no hope but then you look at uh like japanese apocalypse movies and it's all about like rebuilding and like carrying on normal and that's because they already went through something similar the atomic bomb exactly they're like we've been through this with hiroshima and nagasaki we literally had an apocalypse here (laughs) yeah thanks america and in episode two like we even get like like hey this is Tokyo 3.0. You know, talking about like, yeah, Tokyo's already been destroyed two times. Skylar, you know what? You really did it today. I'm thinking about that now myself. I was I was thinking <laughs> about that parallel too. I was like, I wonder if this is like somehow like a parallel to like World War II times. But you know what? Snaps for Skylar. She really did it today, I y'all. I would like Snaps to say Skylar. that that is not an original thought. I heard that from somewhere and I just do not remember where. But it was like it hardcore resonated with me. And I was like, wow. I'm taking those snaps back and my fingers hurt because I don't know how to snap in reverse. Um, okay, oh, my God. PJ. This is the car. I was just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say. Fake friends. Fake friends. To our listeners, picture it. Sicily, 1912. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we were in the car. Pandemic. And Skylar. Late at night, going to McDonald's. <laughs> Exactly. That's more us. Yeah. Skylar was under the impression that PJ's jokes, every single one of PJ's jokes were all original jokes by him. And he revealed, oh, I guess I don't know if it's revealed. I guess Skylar came to know. I don't know. You guys decide that like PJ does not write all the jokes. He's heard them someplace and she felt betrayed. It was a one. I was literally like, so funny. I, I am like a really like off the cuff, like joke kind of guy. I will just like throw out jokes in the moment. And I'm really good at coming up with like improvisational Especially jokes. Puns. But you know, sometimes you yeah. find a funny joke online and you want to read it to your friends. Mm-hmm. And Skylar was like, not every single one of your jokes has been completely thought of on the fly in the moment. And I'm like, <laughs> No, like 25% of them are jokes I read online. And she felt like betrayed. Like I had like destroyed the last eight years of I our had relationship. A full blown yep. breakdown. 
And I was like, I wasn't even like apologetic because I don't think I should be. Audience, chime in because you agree. Comment below. Uh, I was like, I'm sorry that you're a psychopath um, who's um, crying about the fact uh, that I mm. once in a while had told a joke I saw on you a meme. You know what? Anytime I say a joke from somewhere else, I'm just like, oh, I saw this cool post or I saw this TikTok or I saw this tweet. But afterwards, you could just be like, yeah, I saw that on Reddit or something. To be clear, the reason she found out is because she was like, that sounds kind of familiar. And I was like, yeah, I saw it on a TikTok. Like, it's not like I was lying to her. It's not like I was like, these are my original PJ jokes. No other jokes have ever been this original. Like, the second it was, like, over, I was like, yeah, it's from a TikTok. And she was like, it's from a TikTok? <laughs> you know what? This we, we need to leave this to our audience. Everyone, comment below. Are you Team PJ, Team Skylar? Comment below. Tag the podcast. Show us your bat hair. Continue on. That poor yes. uh, drive through employee at McDonald's. I'm just crying. Casey's laughing and PJ's just fuming <laughs> in the back in the backseat. And we're trying to pay with like these weird coupons we got from McDonald's corporate that they don't know how to handle. <laughs> you know what? That's the holy trinity. We were talking about the three big three earlier. That's the three. It's me <laughs> laughing, Skylar crying, PJ fuming. It's all what's go. needed for the most hilarious fight. This fight did make my top ten list, just so you guys know. We need to make like Catholic iconography candles of that. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I mean, so like a great segue back into the the anime. <laughs> this oh, yeah. anime has a lot of religious iconography, especially as you go on it. But again, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, like is such a religious kind of name. Like there's a lot of religious connotation. And throughout the series, there's a lot of theming of like Judeo-Christian I was ideology. Say, the first angel that attacks them, they refer to it as as Adam, I think, right? Yeah, I believe so. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> it's you know completely there throughout the series and there's a lot of themes of you know sacrifices and sins of the father and just a lot of things i would also like yeah, to say absolutely. shinji is king of daddy issues king of daddy issues. <laughs> just wait till i show up no i'm just kidding Fruits basket they got mommy issues unlocked but shinji is king of daddy issues baby <laughs> baby <laughs> I was going to say, you know what I will say, speaking of just uh, weird issues, I was thrilled that like, this is the least sexy anime I feel like we've ever watched <laughs> so far That's in great. the podcast. I was simping for Misato the entire I was gonna time. Say, they do a Ugh. good job of making you like not want to thirst after 14 year olds and just making all the adults hella sexy. Which, how problematic that that's like points for this show. <laughs> Because so many other anime, like, I sometimes I'm like, why does this 16 year old have the biggest boobies I've ever seen in my life? Right. Mommy milkers. Like, please stop doing this. High School of the Dead is canceled. Right. Yeah, I like I said, I don't want to have sex with anybody. I do just want to be best friends with Masato. She's the cool one. 100%. I don't know. There's a character that comes in later that I can maybe see you kind of being a little into. <laughs> it's still early, I guess, then. <laughs> Yeah, so I really love that they. it's not an overly sexualized show because it, it doesn't need to be. You know, it's really about these teenagers and their struggle to kind of be like the next hope for humanity, which is, you know, a lot of burden to put on a child. And you see that, you know, as, as the show goes on, you see how it takes its toll completely differently on oh. each of the kids, which is really fascinating but especially shinji like when he's like re refusing to go into the eva and he he has a lot of good points he's like i don't know what this machine is i don't know how to pilot it. i don't know what to do i haven't seen you in three years you literally only brought me here to fight a demon monster <laughs> right oh my gosh 
And Masato's crazy alcoholism. Like me. <laughs> me. <laughs> I you, you know, I feel like she just like got that penguin on a bender one night. <laughs> Full on. Yes. Oh god. So I mean, she has a random penguin that lives in her apartment with her. Oh my god. This show has everything. That's kidding. <laughs> it's super cute and so angry. Cause she saw herself like, yeah. If it's a post-apocalyptic world, I'm going to drink a bunch and I'm getting a penguin. Like, of course. It's the new cat. It's the new cat. <laughs> All the cats went extinct. Oh, don't ever say that. <laughs> she's going she's gonna to get a penguin. She's like, hi, you're Ambrose 3.0. <laughs> it was first. The Ambrose 1.0 was in regular Anaheim. And then when Anaheim 2.0 came out, it was like a meerkat. And then by Anaheim 3.0, it was a but penguin. But like each animal has a different middle name that is a utensil. So because so instead of like Ambrose spoons, it'll be Ambrose fork. Ambrose knife. Well, no, fork was the okay. second one because you got to go spoon then fork okay. then knife. So, yeah, no, I but agree. like specifically Ambrose butter knife. There you go. <laughs> Ambrose butter knife Griffith pots. <laughs> oh my god, what's that movie I refuse to watch? Playing with knives or whatever it is. Knives out. Knives Out, Ambrose Knives Out. It's a great movie. You should watch it. I know why you don't, but (laughs) Butter Knives Out. Butter Knives Out. Oh Oh my gosh. I, I, okay. So we see Ray, who is like completely damaged. Her Ava's apparently also super damaged. And that's when Shinji's finally like, I'm willing to jump in to the Ava because like I don't want to see her get more hurt. He's a racist. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things that happen, such as like the whole thing is like it's supposed to take forever to build a connection with your Ava. But before he even gets in, like this Ava like saves his life like Ava of its own. own free will and it like shocks everyone. Yeah, that was sexy. <laughs> it was that, that was the sexy part. You thought there wasn't going to be things sexy. It was that part. I mean, I love the design of the Ava. I, like, I think it's very sleek. I don't think it's sexy, but I think it's I very sleek. I just meant the situation. Yeah. Like on, on the Ray moment. I was like, is he really going to make this girl get in there? Like, she is, like, basically dead. He is clearly, like, the worst person. Okay, But I think he's playing a fucking mind game. Mm. No, well, I, like I agree. I think for sure he's like, I'm not going to send Ray. I know my son. I don't know him that well. I, I think his name is Shanjo or whatever. <laughs> for on, Sean I John, think it's can you Sean get John. in that Ray? In the, in, I mean, in the Ipa. But I think if he sees Ray, but honestly, I honestly do think if Shinji had not gone along with it, he would have been like, all right, Ray, you're going out. But at the same, same time, as the series goes on, and it's a big point of contention for Shinji. He's very fatherly to Ray, and it and Shinji hates seeing it because, understandably, he's not fatherly to him at all. Oh yeah, mm. daddy issues running wild. There's this whole part where she's like, like I low key kind of think like she's in love with him, which made me like uncomfy. But like it, it's definitely like a fatherly connection. And he's like, "F that dude, I hate him. He's a band." She's like, "How dare you? He's the most like loving fatherly person." And she's just mean about it, like. Well, and this is like a thing that happens in real life, you know, because people are so uh, self-focused that they can't imagine there's a different thing. It's kind of like if you've ever had like an abusive or toxic friend or ex, almost always (laughs) at some point you will tell you will tell someone about them and someone will be like, they've never been that way with me. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like that doesn't change the fact that they're like that with me, though. And they just kind of like undermine your whole experience. Exactly. Yeah. And they make you feel weird about it. Ugh. God, yeah. Unfortunate. But so with all of that, we do 
end with the final like the fight between the Ava and the angel and it is sick it is exactly what I wanted out of this fight mm. uh, the music is amazing it's high intensity lots of damage lots of screaming lots of pain that angel pussied out though with that self-destruct sequence that's all I gotta say die yeah. with honor angel I think like my favorite okay so Casey, what do you think about Shinji feeling the pain from the damage that's inflicted on the Ava? I think they need to be more consistent with what I with it, I guess. Because I felt like... I, this is what I mean. So, like, he feels it in the beginning, but, like, I feel like they should have had more reactions of him feeling it when, like, the arm was busted or whatever. Like, that's my feeling about I do it. think he goes into shock. And then, like, when he, like, when they Ava... Well, clearly, that's why he doesn't yeah. remember it. And because, like, just out of nowhere, they're like, oh, my God, the Ava's down. It's hopeless. And, like, he just gets up and, like, messes the angel up. Like, he just gets him. And um, I wrote that he's an Ava savant. Oh. <laughs> well, well done. And you know, it's interesting. I mean, to, to kind of explain it a little closer, you have to listen to what she said, because it's it's not actually that pain isn't actually there. It's just there neurologically. So that's why, like, as it's ripping the arm, he's feeling the pain. But once the arm is like completely damaged and busted there's no neural link there anymore so that's why he doesn't feel it anymore right hmm. because it's not actually damaging his arm you know it's all psychological yeah, they have that like psychic link right, right and apparently right. he was already connected to it before he was even in it skylar you asked me an important question about what i thought about this let me ask you a question okay. back did you think that that liquid he was getting into when he was getting into that cockpit looked like urine i didn't but i could see how you did <laughs> No, Shinji was like, am I in the Ava yet? And they were like, yeah, you're in. Ah, you guys, he's back. He wrote that one himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Ava does self-destruct and it is very, you know, intense. And they think that Shinji's probably dead, but he clearly survives and makes it out. But the Ava is severely damaged. And as Shinji's kind of being taken out of it, you see the faceplate of the Ava come off and it's like something organic. Like it's like a living when it entity opens inside its of eyes. the Ava. That was creepy. Which, were you expecting that? No, I was not. I was like, what the hell just happened? I was like, are these... What well, what monsters so are literally these? one of my favorite moments of like this series is just like when he does when the Ava does open its eyes and Shinji's looking at it and he just has a complete meltdown screaming and I was just like oh my god like it just gives me chills yeah I mean it's a traumatizing event that's why he like forgot everything oh my gosh and then Masato came in all drunk and she was like hey Shinji <laughs> and hey, then she Shinji, hit come a play with my penguin. <laughs> But I mean, that's kind of all there is to talk about with episodes one and two. Casey, what did you think of those episodes? I thought it was really good. I really loved the anime. It was um, like this 90s action like thing that I loved. And I, I could see like if I was a kid watching this, which now I'm just a, a large kid inside a 30 year old body watching this. I would feel like super excited to, I would buy all the merch. I'd want to have my own Eva, like Ava. I cannot say so, it. Now I'm thinking it's Eva. Uh, PJ, uh, really quick. I have to say, Casey keeps saying Eva instead of Ava. And I really want to edit just pictures of um, Ava's with our dog's like face where their faces are. <laughs> you should do it. You should do it. We'll it's tweet the it only out. way I'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's in addition to the, the uh, bat hair challenge. 
Gross. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, and I, there's more I want to show you. But before we get to that more, let's talk about what I think is one of the strongest parts of this show, which is the music. <laughs> but specifically, let's talk about the opening and outro. So I do have a little bit of extra information on that outro for you. But before we get to that, let's talk about the opening for this anime, which is a Cruel Angels thesis by Yoko Takahashi. Oh, so, oh, so good. This is an absolute classic. Like, this is a banger of a most banger. Most people that do not watch anime, like, know this song. I think I've heard you guys play this song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go on YouTube right now and you want to see, like, weirdo videos, but if you want to see, like, if you type in, like, Drake and Josh anime intro or just, like, a random property that isn't an anime and be, like, <laughs> anime intro, it's always set <laughs> to Cruel Angel Thesis. Uh. 100% of the time. Yeah, that's an iconic, iconic song. I Like I said, I, like, when I heard it, I was like, wait, I've heard this somewhere. And I was like, oh, wait, with you so, guys. On my, yeah, probably. But it's, you know, it's so permeating in society. On my anime playlist, I literally have four versions. I have the Amelie version, the original version, the live version, and a metal cover version. Wow. Nice. Uh, it's so good. I, I'm really glad you like it, Casey. I, I assumed you would because it is a banger. Uh, but this is one of the like most well respected and well loved anime. I was ready to time. dump you as a friend if you didn't like it. I would understand. <laughs> it's too good not to. I I wrote down. I said this is the song I would get up and dance at a party that where I would say that I didn't want to dance. Like you know when like you're at a party and like like you should come dance and you're like no I won't dance. But this song comes on you get up and dance. <laughs> Hell yeah! This is my jam. You start shimming those shoulders and you get up there and dance. Oh God, I love it, love it, love it. Let me tell you a little bit about the closing theme, though. So the closing theme is not really much something that we would talk about much on this podcast here, because it is just like a 20 second piano riff. Not much to it. It is just an instrumental. So I don't think we really have to touch on it. But I'm here to explain to you why it's just that instrumental piano riff. It's because the original outro song, Netflix could not get the rights to it for cheap enough to produce it. So they just replaced it. Do you want to know what that original intro song was? Sure. It was Fly Me to the Moon. Get the heck out of here. What a power move. Yeah, it was performed by Claire Liddy and Megumi Hayashibita at different points in time. But it is, you know, straight up the like, fly me to the moon song. And that was the outro for anyone that watched it in the 90s or has the VHS. And even specialer fun fact for the Evangelion 1.0 movie, it is performed by Hikaru Utada. Shut up. Famous Shut up. for the Kingdom Hearts themes wow. for anyone who doesn't know pj and i um had a kingdom hearts wedding and we straight up walked down the aisle to simple and clean all of the big you know vocalized kingdom hearts songs are all hikaru tada and she sings the fly me to the moon outro for the evangelion oh 1.0 movie <laughs> i got chills but that is why it is such a kind of nothing outro because netflix was like all right we can't get the rights put in some sad piano music it's a great instrumental. <laughs> it's a nice little instrumental, but obviously, like, I watched the outro with Fly Me to the Moon, and I was like, wow, this like, is again, really nice. Like, again, like, what a, like, jarring tone kind of changer. Like, again, power move. You have, like, all this screaming, all this action, this, like, psychological depression and horror, and then it's just like, fly me to the... And you're like, wow. Yeah. You know what? If this had been around these days, I think they would have used Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's sad enough. Stop, stop. 
can't see your face. Did you see the SNL sketch, it's so Casey? Good. We're, I haven't seen oh. it. Oh, Casey, you got to see the, the driver's license SNL sketch. It is top notch. Obviously, since we don't have much else to talk about with the outro, let's jump into my second favorite segment. What modern or contemporary artist do we think would have done a good job performing these anime intros and outros, special edition, just anime intros this time? <laughs> right. Well, I have one um, for the outro. Oh, interesting. I'm curious because it is just piano, so I'm curious what you went with. So let's jump into it with Casey for our intro. This is real niche, but early 90s Celine Dion. Like if, and I'm not talking like Power of Love Celine Dion. I'm talking even earlier. Like, I don't know if you guys really know like her more upbeat like pop like stuff from like uh misled or like the beauty and the beast times okay. like early early 90s celine dion when she was still doing some french stuff that's who i'm going with okay i see, I see it. it i see it keeping it gay uh, on this podcast I, I, yeah no i i like it i like it but skylar what about you tony braxton Ooh, yeah. Oh, I like Tony Braxton. I feel like I went in a similar range, closer range to you than I did to Casey, but I really like Tony Braxton. I, I, I would listen to that right now if given the choice. <laughs> I love it. Mm. I went with a weird one, maybe. I went with Donna Summer. Ooh, Ooh interesting. Yeah, yeah dance. Yeah, because I feel like she has like that dance, but like emotional. Like if you listen to like Last Dance by her, like I think it does such a good job of being emotional, but also fun and dancey. And I think Cruel Angel's thesis captures that energy too oh yeah. yeah definitely maybe bonnie tyler also Ooh, bonnie tyler would do really well at first i was looking at annie lennox and i was like she's too deep and then mm. i went through bonnie tyler and i was just like she's a little too husky yeah like voice wise i'm glad we agree it has to be a power ballad female though yeah, oh, yeah for definitely sure. but yeah it's super unique so i i did struggle to find a contemporary artist but i think we all kind of landed in a similar range and i, I, I appreciate it Mm-hmm. Casey, did you have someone for the outro? Uh, yeah, it'd be me because there's no words and I would just let the piano play. <laughs> I'm, I can already hear it in my head. Yeah, it's just someone doing all the work and me just like eating a cheeseburger on the piano. You're just like eating. <laughs> I was literally about to say you're like laying on the piano. <laughs> Perfect timing. I'll be Skyler, uh Who do you have? Whoever did the score for the Sailor Moon classic ending for season one of the original uh, Sailor Moon. You don't even have a name. What? No, no, you guys, I know who me. that is. It was also me. I was also that. I person. thought you were gonna say it was JoJo Siwa. <laughs> JoJo, it was me and JoJo Siwa. <laughs> I was gonna choose Yumura, but I think that is low key racist because he is an Asian wonderful pianist, and um, the vibes don't match. <laughs> Skylar, yeah, stop talking say. about Asian pianists. <laughs> what, however wonderful they are. However wonderful they are, stop talking about Asian pianists. Fine, if we have to pick someone, Chopin. How do you know Chopin's birthday? Chopin! Chopin! <laughs> There's this little girl on TikTok that knows too much about Chopin, and uh, I'm starting to think she's haunted by Chopin's ghost. Everyone thinks she's haunted, by or reincarnated. <laughs> God, well, with all of that, uh, let's uh, take a quick break to show you some clips, show you some stuff, uh, get your additional thoughts, and then we'll wrap everything up. How does that sound? Sounds fab. All right. So everyone stay tuned. Uh, So we'll be right back. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. Thanks for joining us for the kickoff to Classics Month, as well as our first true episode back. We had a ton of fun recording this episode, especially with some of the light format changes we implemented. 
If a lot of that, i.e. it being our first true episode and there being format changes, sounds new to you, then you didn't listen to our triumphant return mini-sode, which I really implore you do so you know what's up. Speaking of knowing what's up, stay connected by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kawaii Desu Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group, where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaii-disappointment.pinecast.co, for links to the socials as well as all of our episodes. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. A quick note, we're testing out some additional format changes in this episode, notably no longer going through the playlist before our final segments, also being completely uncensored. In general, with these changes and any others, let us know what you think. Were you one of the three people who watched the playlist so you're super bummed? Do you just miss our strange censorship bleeps? Hit us up and let us know. Join us again this coming Monday as we play Casey some jazz, rev up our ship, and collect some bounties as we dive into one of my all-time favorites, Cowboy Bebop, as we continue through Classics Month. Now, back to the podcast. Right, we're back and we had Casey watch uh, really just one video, but uh, give him some additional context. Uh, well, with all of that additional information, though, Casey, and everything you already saw, tell me, what are your final thoughts on this anime? Wow, uh, this anime really is going to take people through like some really heart-wrenching um, moments, like good, bad. I think it's going to be, it seems like it has a really good balance of like, yes, this is a really crazy like war situation between the angels and the uh, Avas. Also, like, there's still, like, the um, the fact that they are teenagers, they are, like, these young people, and um, I think it all, only makes every, like, really intense moment more, like, uh, emotional and touching. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's what I love about it. It gives it a lot of weight, and again, it is, like I've said, it's, there's a lot of significance in the fact that, like, humanity's hope lies in these children. I was gonna say, the original name for this anime, Casey, was um, Neon Genesis Evangelion colon trauma and psychologically break children the musical just kidding (laughs) that's what it was (laughs) this isn't even the only gundam anime that is really all about like emotionally damaged children (laughs) with like severe (laughs) trauma only further being traumatized by piloting mechs like it is like a a subgenre of the genre Opa gundam style it it might be Opa gundam style I really just, I enjoy the hell out of it. I think it's so uh, well done. Uh, The animation just never lacks. The music never lacks. The storytelling is on point. Um, Did you end up with a favorite character through what you saw, Casey? Um, I like the red-haired girl, Barbara Gordon. Asuka. Uh, (laughs) Asuka, yeah. Yes. I I, I didn't think about it for a second. I'm like, wait, what's her name? (laughs) Um, I love Misato. I'm going to go with my homeboy, Shinji. I just, he makes me, like, want to just give him a hug. I was saying, uh, back when we first started watching this, um, I told my friend, and she was like, oh, good luck. (laughs) Have fun with that depression spiral. I was really concerned this was going to be a trauma story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) kind of. It led to us watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. (laughs) Which is the trauma. (laughs) My favorite character is uh, Kaworu, who, like, problematic for understandable reasons, but I love him. Um, I love 
that he loves Shinji and I love that everything is just so hard when all, everything starts coming to light. But, you know, I feel like he, I don't know, he's 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 a fellow Virgo. And I like that about him too. What a M. Night Shyamalan twist that was. Mm. Uh, yes. We won't spoil um, it, but. Gosh, well, with uh, those thoughts, I mean, let's dive into the question that everyone has on their mind. Casey, do you think you'll keep watching this anime? Yes. Um, I love, I love, you know what it is? It's just, the it's the feeling i get watching it like i like just feeling like i felt like i was a kid watching like an animated movie watching this i don't know it really took me there i was loving it um it was fantastic i would definitely recommend i think that's contributed to like a it's so cinematic but also it has the aesthetics of you know the the animated films of your childhood yeah and it has high stakes because i mean it came out when you were like five right like four or five and so, like, this is the exact, you know, era that you would have been watching those types of films. And it really has, like, super high stakes, like you said. It has a lot of intrigue and a lot of growth, which I know you also love it in anime. Yeah, I, I highly predicted this being a key for you. And I'm excited that it is because it is, again, one of, like, the most renowned animes of all time. So Really quick, don't they, like, have to use 14-year-olds because, like, their brains aren't fully developed and that's why they yeah. have, like, a psychic link? Yeah, they have to use 14-year-olds, which just adds to the trauma. Because I feel like at 14, you're also like the most emotionally vulnerable you ever are, which is why it works, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift would beg to differ. She has a song called 15. <laughs> She's sad in the song 15 because she could no longer pilot an Ava. <laughs> That's what that song's about. I could never figure that out. That makes so yeah. much sense. It's about her recovery from all the trauma of piloting an Ava. And then she would write seven more <laughs> albums about this anime. Well, with all of that and, uh, you know, all that Taylor Folklore Swift Folklore was about the movie. Folklore was the Gosh. movie. <laughs> well, and you know, like, you know how they're doing Rebuild of Evangelion? That's just the new album that she's coming out with. That's Rebuild Evermore. of Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, well, with all of that, let's jump into what everyone, everyone has been waiting for. America's favorite podcast segment. Is there an MV for that? Is there an AMV? Casey, why don't you hit us with that song and artist? Yes. Um, I think I needed something really intense. Uh, like I was like, because uh, the stakes are so high. So I went with uh, Chop Suey by System of a Down. <gasps> Shut the fuck up, Casey. I went with BYOB by System of a Down. Oh my I'll God! Check them both, we're even though Casey's the only one playing. I was no, gonna say you can come, you can jump in with me. After Casey went, I was gonna say, can I go for no points? <laughs> System of a Down should really do the soundtrack, and I want to hear their cover of "Fly Me to the Moon." Oh, beautiful! That would be great. Happy to say, surprisingly, Skylar only won for years, but Casey Chop Suey running the charts on Evangelion AMVs right I'm infinite saying. amounts so that is going to be a solid three-pointer in the book Woo. from good old casey casey needs it <laughs> skylar has informed me that there might be at least three on hers uh regardless though casey still gets those three points Woo. in the book hell yeah a phenomenal triumphant return to the podcast pinpointed with a phenomenal victory for good old casey Yay. but that's not the only possible points on the board all right, so it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Is there an AMV 
for Neon Genesis Evangelion, set to Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. I am happy to report that there are obviously, not even a question, so many. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Just so many. Finally, it makes sense that there's one for this one. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely fitting. It's got very dark tones, very dark themes. Came out around the right time. You know, this anime was out and famous. Like, one of the most prolific animes around the time of AMVs being at their peak. Like, there was no way this wasn't going to exist. So that does make this a four-pointer, baby. Woo! Woo! I Well, I just want to close this out. I just want to say I really just enjoyed this anime. But I also want to say I'm really excited to be back on the podcast with you guys. Me too. I've missed this. Um, I'm also glad to not be in the hospital anymore. Yes, we're glad that you are alive to be doing this podcast with us. Y'all, Yay, I almost we love four her. reels died, and then uh, PJ would have been a real-life Shinji. Nothing can stop this podcast. COVID can't stop us. Trump America can't stop us. Um, Insurrectionists. Insurrectionists can't stop us. What can what can stop us? And that's when I got struck by lightning. <laughs> We've already got your replacement lined up. <laughs> My luck was too strong for this podcast to fail. If I die, too big continue to fail. On. If I die, play that. Oh, if gosh. I die young song by Ban Perry. If I die, die young, young, bury me, me in satin, lay me down, down on a bed of roses. <laughs> I like that we're singing like in a round, but we're just out of sync. <laughs> I think it's because of Skype, because you know, like on Skype, like you're kind of delayed from each other. Right. So I think like in person, we're maybe completely in sync. Yeah. No, that's bye, the bye, band bye, Perry. Bye. In sync's another band, PJ. Bye, yes, bye, that's what bye. I said. <laughs> and you know what? Bye, bye, bye to you guys, because that's all we've got for you this week. <laughs> Uh, I hope you guys had a good time listening. I hope you guys are excited that we're back. We're excited to be back with you guys. And, you know, we're hoping to be able to make this more consistent as we go along. You know, uh, life has changed in a lot of ways. You know, Casey has a very demanding job now, Mm -hmm. but luckily one that he loves. Yes. Skylar and I are still on the mend from the COVID, but, you know, we're all, you know, we all want to make this podcast work because we really love doing it. And we we know some of you do, too. So um, with that, we hope the rest of your week isn't a quiet disappointment. But until next time, I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. And just call me Angel of Evangelion, baby. And childhood (laughs) trauma. Casey, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Adios.